This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Your host, J. Paul Newman of the Monthly District Attorney Show, will now take you on a journey to explore recent Rutherford County court cases, cold cases, and more. We welcome everyone to the program. My name is J. Paul Newman. My co-host today is Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. We thank WGNS for the airtime. And we thank our producer, Scott Walker. Most of all, we thank you for listening. To begin the broadcast in our Inside the Court segment, Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch will take us all inside the courts. And he will tell us about recent and upcoming grand jury, general sessions, and circuit court activity. Then, in our Call to Conviction segment, I will profile the 1995 murder of 30-year-old Sandra Coleman. My guest for that discussion of that case will be the lead detective, Todd Spearman. Todd Spearman has since retired from the Smyrna Police Department, but he still continues to serve our community as the assistant city manager for the town of Smyrna. And later, we will close the broadcast with Assistant District Attorney General Trevor Lynch, who will discuss an area of the law that dramatically impacts on our community. It's the ever-popular What's the Law segment. We will begin the broadcast after you listen to these important messages. We're broadcasting today from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, your power supply since 1936. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you. And all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions. Plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, listener, welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music never stops. Hit it. There's an emu with a full-time job. His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob. Grubs and worms, that's what Lemu eats. Gotta fuel up to save you money and hit the streets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
We are the Good Neighbor Station. And powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Visit Middle Tennessee Electric online at mte.com. As we end our program today, we thank our producer, Scott Walker. There is no safer place in the storm. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. We will review a trial that involves the brutal murder of 30-year-old Sandra Coleman. Sandra Coleman was killed in January of 1995. Her body was found inside of her apartment at the Colony Square Apartments in Smyrna, Tennessee. From call to conviction, time now for a look back at one of the more intriguing and important cases for this community. From the crime, the investigation, to the prosecution. Before we begin this segment, we want to warn the listeners, the case we are about to present was a brutal murder with very disturbing facts. Listener discretion is advised. On January the 6th, 1995, the nude body of 30-year-old Sandra Coleman was discovered inside of her Colony Square apartment in Smyrna, Tennessee. There were several disturbing observations made by investigators that day. Sandra Coleman was pregnant. She had injuries that indicated she had been beaten. An electric cord had been wrapped around her neck. The cause of death was strangulation. On Sandra Coleman's upper body, the killer had used an eyebrow pencil and written the person's name, Victory, spelled V-I-C-K-T-O-R-Y. Detective Todd Spearman was assigned to investigate the case. During the investigation, vaginal, anal, and oral swabs were obtained from Sandra Coleman's body. Those swabs indicated that she had been sexually penetrated. Semen was obtained from the swabs. DNA testing of the swabs identified that the person who was the source of the semen was Lonnie Turner. When interviewed by the police the first time, Lonnie Turner admitted knowing Sandra Coleman, but insisted he had never had sexual relations with her. Another piece of important evidence was the writing across Sandra Coleman's body. Robert Muehlberger, a handwriting expert with the United States Postal Inspector's Office, told police that he had no doubt that Lonnie Turner was the person who wrote the name Victory on Sandra Coleman's body. Based on all the evidence, Detective Spearman arrests Lonnie Turner and charges him with the first-degree murder and aggravated rape of Sandra Coleman. The trial of the state of Tennessee versus Lonnie Turner began January 28, 1997. Lonnie Turner was represented by Murfreesboro attorney Scott Daniels. The prosecution team consisted of District Attorney General William C. Weitzel, Jr., and Assistant District Attorneys John Price and J. Paul Newman. The trial was held in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and was presided over by the Honorable Judge James Clayton, Jr. Turner's defense was that someone else killed Sandra Coleman. The jury heard from dozens of witnesses. After nine days of trial, on February the 6th, 1997, the jury returned with its verdict. The jury found Lonnie Turner guilty of first-degree murder, and guilty of aggravated rape. Judge Clayton accepted the jury's verdict. Lonnie Turner was sentenced to life in prison for the first-degree murder conviction, and Judge Clayton added an additional 22 years on top of Turner's life sentence for the aggravated rape of Sandra Coleman. 
Lonnie Turner was 25 years old when he was arrested. Under this sentence, Lonnie Turner will have to serve 69 years in prison before he is eligible for parole. At that time, Lonnie Turner would be 94 years old. It is my honor to have with us today in the WGNS studios, Captain Todd Spearman of the Smyrna Police Department. Captain Spearman was one of a team of law enforcement officers who investigated this case. Captain Spearman, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, General. It's an honor. Captain Spearman, I know that you've investigated a great number of brutal and gruesome murders. And I guess my first question will be, how does it affect you being exposed to not only so many gruesome facts, but so much sadness? How do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis? A lot of times you compartmentalize. Uh, you're there for the victim. I have a saying. It's called faith, family, and friends, and your friends being your coworkers as well. You have to have some debriefing. You have to be able to talk to different people, but it's a job, and you got to make sure that you're doing it for the victim. In this case, Sandra Coleman's clothing was scattered in the apartment. Buttons had been torn away from the clothes and were found on the floor. What did that evidence indicate to you? There was some type of struggle. There was a uh, quite a bit of struggle, actually. There was some furniture that was also broken, and part of the living room area was in disarray. So the victim in this case evidently put up a fight. Captain Spearman, as you know, in all of these cases, it's always a team effort. Tell us some of the members of law enforcement who were members of that team that investigated this murder. Yes, sir. You've mentioned the postal inspectors, which was very beneficial to us and assisted us tremendously, especially with the handwriting. But there was also agents from TBI who came in and did the crime scene. Numerous detectives, the whole detective division was there that day doing the crime scene. The Sheriff's Department, other agencies, just with Murfreesboro detectives helped us with some of the information. So it was just a, a huge amount of people. Tell us how important the DNA match was, how strong was the match, and how it impacted on the statement that Lonnie Turner first gave you when he was interviewed. One of the ways that we located Mr. Turner was he was actually an employee that was cleaning up the post offices. And so the postal inspector had actually contacted us for background information for a Lonnie Turner. Well, seeing that people knew that he was a suspect in our case, they sent him to me, and so the two sides met. He came to get information about us. The postal inspector is one that actually volunteered that they had fringing writing people that could do this for us. What was interesting about this case was this was the first case that he had ever had that was not a paper writing You have to remember, we had to send him samplers where Mr. Turner had written this information on somebody's skin. So this was a first for them as well. Obviously, the name Victory was an important piece of evidence in this case. Tell us whether or not Victory was someone who was known to Mr. Lonnie Turner. Yes, sir. He was one of Mr. Turner's children's grandfather. And they had earlier in the year basically had a disagreement, and he was quite angry at him. At first, uh, Mr. Turner denied knowing Miss Coleman, and as his story started breaking down, he eventually said, well, I knew her. The word on the street is he had heard that she had been attacked and sexually assaulted, and so he started changing his story around to try to keep us off his trail, so to speak. But when we were able to positively match the DNA, his story started crumbling and crumbled quite quickly. How important the writing of the name Victory on Sandra Coleman's body was in bringing Lonnie Turner to justice. And how did you use the name being misspelled in your investigation? On our initial interview with Mr. Turner, we were at the facility that he was located at, and we had asked him who did he live with. And he starts giving us names of people that he lived with, and one of the persons that he had lived with was named Victory. So we quickly grab a sheet of paper and, hey, would you do us a favor and write down the names of all these people? 
when he wrote down the names of the people that he lived with, he spelled the name Victory identical to what was misspelled on the body. And as I understand it, the spelling on the body was V-I-C-K-T-O-R-Y. Is that correct? Yes, sir. The V-I-C-K-O-R-Y was the original, and then a small T had been placed between the K and the O. And when he had wrote the name in the subsequent interview, he did it exactly the same, V-I-C-K-O-R-Y with a small T above the between the K and the O. Through your investigation, were you able to establish why Sandra Coleman was killed? Yes, sir. He attacked her, sexually assaulted her, and he was killing her to get rid of the witness to that crime. I know an inmate at the prison also came forward and uh, was available at the trial, and he told what Lonnie Turner had told him. Share that information with the listeners. Yes, sir. This was an individual that I had warrants on that we had actually extradited from Florida. And very odd story, but on the way back from Florida, he wanted a Big Mac. So while he was in the holding cell at the courtroom, Mr. Turner actually made this disclosure and gave details about the case. So the gentleman who we had helped, gave him a hamburger on the way back, saw me and, and gave me that information and wanted to tell us what was said in the holding cells. As far as the disclosure, did the jailhouse informant, did he tell you what Mr. Turner had said to him? Did he say whether Mr. Turner admitted to the killing or not? Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Turner admitted that he had choked the lady and killed the lady because she wouldn't stop screaming when he was attacking her. Also, I know that you worked very closely with our office in preparing the case for trial. What is the benefit of being actively involved with the DA in the trial preparation of a case? In fact, this is one of the cases that kind of prompted me to go to law school. By spending time with the DA's office, you learn that there is pleadings and there is hearings that we really never see as a police officer that are very beneficial to your case. If you stay in tune to the case and as the case processes through the court, you learn how to actually investigate a case. There are certain motions that are filed and there are certain court proceedings that you have that a lot of times the officers are unaware of that are very beneficial in your investigation process. Captain Spearman, we want to congratulate you and the other members of the Smyrna Police Department for bringing this case to justice. This case has special significance to me, for it is one of three criminal cases that had a triangle of crimes that were tied together by a common thread. That common thread was Moses Jewel Bess. In 2015, I was part of the prosecution team of a murder case that had remained unsolved for over 25 years. Initially, in 1986, the death of Deborah Bess was ruled a suicide. And following the death of Deborah Bess, who was married to Moses Bess, Moses started his new life with his girlfriend, Sandra Coleman. Then, as you have already heard, in 1995, Sandra Coleman was murdered. Testifying in court against Sandra Coleman's killer was Moses Bess. And in February of 1997, a Rutherford County jury convicted Lonnie Turner of the first-degree murder and aggravated rape of Sandra Coleman. Then in 2012, Rutherford County cold case detectives Bill Sharp and Dan Goodwin reopened the Deborah Bess case. From their investigation, Moses Bess was arrested and charged with the murder of Deborah Bess. The state's theory of the case 
was that Moses Bess had shot and killed his wife so that he could be with Sandra Coleman. In 2015, a Rutherford County jury convicted Moses Jewel Bess for the murder of Deborah Bess. One of the photographs that I introduced at trial was a photograph of the Moses Bess family. The photograph showed Deborah Bess, who was pregnant at the time the photograph was taken. After the photograph had been taken, Deborah Bess had delivered her baby, and this was several months before her death. And the baby was named Jessica Bess. When Jessica grew up, she married, and her name became Jessica Bess Campos. To complete this triangle of tragedies, I must now take you to June the 24th, 2016. On that date, Garyon Simmons had stolen a vehicle from a Bedford County funeral home. And at speeds well in excess of 100 miles per hour, Simmons led police on a long and dangerous chase. The chase escalated when it entered a busy Interstate 24 and dangerously continued onto a highly congested Church Street in the heart of Murfreesboro. Sadly, the chase ended when Simmons crashed his stolen vehicle into a vehicle driven by 28-year-old Jessica Bess Campos. Jessica was in the car with her infant child, and thankfully the child was not seriously injured. But Jessica lost her life that day, and I prosecuted Garyon Simmons. In June of 2019, Simmons pled guilty to vehicular homicide, and he received a 25-year sentence for causing the death of Jessica Bess Campos. Three cases with a common thread. Three men whose evil acts caused death. Three women who lost their lives to violence. A true triangle of tragedy. Our legal system may be able to balance the scales of justice inside the courtroom, but it can never balance the scales of justice inside the hearts of those who loved Sandra Coleman, Deborah Bess, and Jessica Bess Campos. In the tragedy of their untimely deaths, their three lives have touched mine. May they rest in peace. For over 145 years, First National Bank of Middle Tennessee has been helping businesses with their banking needs. Hi, I'm Justin Burris, commercial banker at the 1708 Gateway Boulevard location. Let us show you how easy it is to do business with a true community bank. Local people making local decisions for our friends and neighbors like you. First National Bank of Middle Tennessee, equal housing lender, member FDIC, NMLS, number 401715. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 
2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Inside the Courts. A look at this month's trials, pleas, and grand jury action. Inside the Courts is presented as a courtesy of the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. Good morning, everyone. This is Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch, and I will be filling in for District Attorney General Jennings Jones today. So today, I will be your tour guide through this episode of Inside the Courts. We begin this segment by stating that none of the defendants named in upcoming trials or hearings have been convicted, and of course they are presumed by our law to be innocent. With that as a prelude, we will now go Inside the Courts. In our General Sessions Court, Candace Davis, on the 6th day of October 2022, officers with Laverne Police Department were dispatched to a residence on Almondwood Place in Laverne, Tennessee, in response to a shooting that led to the death of the homeowner, Robin Taylor. Detective Tanner Noakes has been assigned as lead investigator. Miss Taylor's sister, Candace Davis, was on scene when officers arrived. After initially claiming an unknown subject shot her sister and ran away, Miss Davis later changed her story and claimed her sister attacked her and she shot Miss Taylor in self-defense. Upon conclusion of Detective Noakes investigation and in light of the evidence collected on scene, it was determined that Miss Davis was not justified in shooting Miss Taylor. She was subsequently charged with second-degree murder. This matter was currently set in General Sessions Court for Rutherford County for a preliminary hearing which was held on November 4th. 2022. At that hearing, the court heard testimony and determined that probable cause existed to bind the matter over to a Rutherford County grand jury. The defendant is represented by counsel Thompson Kirkpatrick. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On July 6th of 2022, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office responded to a residence on Panther Creek Road in response to a shooting. After receiving a 911 call, deputies discovered the body of Mr. Clarence Rowden. Mr. Rowden had been shot multiple times. Witnesses identified Mr. Jeffrey Burris as a shooter. Mr. Burris was located and found to be in possession of a firearm. Mr. Burris was taken into custody and interviewed by law enforcement. Detective Kyle Norwood of the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department has been assigned as lead investigator. Upon the conclusion of all interviews and evidence collection, Mr. Burris was charged with the first-degree murder of Mr. Rowden. Mr. Burris awaits his next court date of December 8, 2022, in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County. He is represented by counsel Mr. Josh Crane, and the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On August 30, 2022, officers with the Smyrna Police Department responded to a shooting at a gas station on Sam Ridley Parkway. Mr. Nicholas Patterson had been shot during the course of an attempted robbery. Mr. Patterson later died as a result of his injuries. Surveillance video showed an armed subject entering the store, point a firearm at Mr. Patterson, and then fire at least one shot into the ceiling of the store, and then shoot Mr. Patterson before running out of the store. Detective Steve Hanna, the Smyrna Police Department, has been assigned as lead investigator. As a result of two other robberies, one in Brentwood, Tennessee, and one in Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Anthony Williams was identified as a suspect. Upon execution of a search warrant, Mr. Williams was taken into custody and found to be in possession of a firearm. 
Mr. Williams was interviewed by law enforcement, and at the conclusion of the interview, Mr. Williams was charged with first-degree murder, attempted aggravated robbery, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Mr. Williams is being held at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center and awaits his next court date of January 3, 2023, in the Smyrna General Sessions Court. Mr. Williams is represented by counsel, Mr. Ben Wetzel, and the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On December 4, 2022, officers, or of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department were dispatched to an apartment complex on North Rutherford Boulevard in reference to a shooting that resulted in the death of Mr. Montavis Jones. Mr. Jones was left laying in the parking lot of an apartment complex. Detective Chris Pate of the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as lead investigator. After the shooting, Mr. Maceo Boyd was located at St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital as a result of a gunshot wound. Video surveillance footage showed Mr. Boyd being brought to the hospital by Mr. Tevin Campbell and Mr. Paul Turner. After a lengthy investigation that including interviewing witnesses, obtaining cell phone records, social media records, and expert witness reports, Detective Pate charged Mr. Boyd, Mr. Campbell, and Mr. Turner along with Martavius Guy with first-degree murder, attempted especially aggravated robbery, conspiracy to aggravate robbery, and employing a firearm during commission of a dangerous felony. After these next few messages, I will return with Inside the Courts. Receive breaking news, sports scores, traffic, and weather bulletins on your cell phone. Sign up for text alerts at WGNSRadio.com. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper <laughs> going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. We Laugh. <laughs> see the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest pictures. Uh, News Channel 5 helps you out the Traffic door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Slacker joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert <laughs> Center this morning. Take a good look girl. right there at this dog. Yes, you it's can. something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up and going. A better day. It's Wednesday. It is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. Good morning. Still busy, but it's moving on 24 leaving Rutherford County up through the Hickory Hollow area. Same goes for I-40 through Mount Julian in Wilson County this morning. Lots of radar in both of those counties, especially on 840 this morning, uh, especially around Jefferson Pike. Give yourself a little bit of extra time. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is catering during the holiday season. Check out the menu today by logging on to princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. We now return with Montavious Guy, Tevin Campbell, Paul Turner, and Labricia. Lat or Tabrisha Lattimore. Through the investigation, it was determined that Mr. Guy's girlfriend, Ms. Tabrisha Lattimore, 
has been uh, involved with the case and was charged with a conspiracy to aggravated robbery and facilitation to attempted especially aggravated robbery. Mr. Boyd is represented by counsel, Mr. Art Quinn. Mr. Turner is represented by counsel, Mr. Casey Little. Mr. Guy is represented by counsel, Mr. Ben Powers. Ms. Lattimore is represented by counsel, Mr. Jeffrey Jackson. And Mr. Campbell is represented by counsel, Mr. Michael Offinger. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. Preliminary hearing was held on August the 8th of 2022 in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County. And upon finding that probable cause existed, the court bound the matter over to the grand jury where they await presentment. On April 24th of 2021, officers on patrol heard shots fired and responded to 1621 Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Officers found Mr. Shakira Ali, who had been shot and later died from his injuries. Apollo Cantrell was identified as the shooter and fled the state. Detective Richard Presley of the Mercerville Police Department was assigned as lead investigator, and through cooperation with the state of Iowa, Mr. Cantrell was apprehended. He is presently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of second-degree murder and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He is represented by counsel, Mr. Will Fraley. Preliminary hearing was held on February the 7th of 2022, and the General Sessions Court found probable cause to bound the matter over to the grand jury. On February 6th of 2021, officers with the Mercerville Police Department responded to a shooting resulting in the death of 21-year-old Giovanni Gillis at a residence on Ewing Boulevard. Detective Cody Thomas with the Mercerville Police Department has been assigned as lead investigator. Upon conclusion of Detective Thomas's investigation, it was determined that Mr. Gillis got into an altercation with several individuals at a party. During the altercation, Mr. Gillis was struck by at least one individual while he was confronted by three others. Mr. Gillis produced a firearm and fired at least one round into the floor. Mr. Johnson, who was not involved in the altercation, entered the room and proceeded to shoot Mr. Gillis multiple times. Mr. Johnson pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter, tampering with evidence, and in an unrelated investigation, statutory rape. Mr. Johnson received an 11-year sentence, 5-month sentence. On June 22nd of 2018, officers with the Smyrna Police Department were dispatched to Sullivan Sports Bar in reference to a shooting that resulted in the death of Mr. Earl Lyons. Video surveillance footage showed that Marcus Brown approached the vehicle occupied by Mr. Lyons and several others. An altercation occurred between Mr. Brown and at least one of the occupants in the vehicle. Mr. Brown then shot and killed Mr. Lyons and fled the scene. Detective Tony Harris was assigned as lead investigator. Mr. Brown was represented by counsel Mr. Scott Kimberly and the state was represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. Mr. Brown subsequently entered pleas of guilty to voluntary manslaughter and two counts of aggravated assault and received a 10-year sentence. On the 26th of June, 2019, deputies with the Ruff County Sheriff's Department responded to a resident on Walnut Grove. Mr. Terry Barber was found deceased on the floor with his hands and feet bound together. Lead investigator Steve Brown the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department charged three individuals, Devin Gailey, Brent Ross, Bernice Farrow, with first-degree murder, 
especially aggravated kidnapping, aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, and fraudulent use of a debit card. Following a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court, the cases were bound over to the grand jury in June of 2020, and a grand jury returned a true bill against all three defendants. Devin Gailey was represented by counsel Mr. Luke Evans. On January 20th of 2022, Mr. Gailey entered a plea of guilty to felony murder and especially aggravated kidnapping and received a life sentence with the possibility of parole and a concurrent 25-year sentence. On March 24th, Ms. Bernice Farah was found guilty by a jury of her peers of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Ms. Farah awaited sentencing for several months for the remaining charges of aggravated robbery, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated burglary. On September 8th of 2022, Circuit Court Judge Jimmy Turner sentenced Ms. Fair to a concurrent 25-year sentence for each of the following additional convictions, the aggravated robbery, the aggravated kidnapping, and an additional 12-year sentence on the aggravated burglary. Mr. Brent Ross is represented by counsel, Mr. Michael Jones. A trial is scheduled for the dates of January 23rd through the 25th of 2023. I will be representing the state in this matter, assisted by District Attorney General Jennings Jones. On April the 30th of 2018, the Laverne Police Department responded to George Buchanan Drive in response to a shooting. Emergency personnel transported the victim identified as a juvenile to the Vanderbilt Hospital. The victim died from the injuries. The victim's younger siblings were, siblings were present at the time of the shooting. Detective Ryan Hudgens, now retired from the Laverne Police Department, was assigned by, as lead investigator, assisted by Detective Steve Crotz. It was determined that the victim was attempting to buy a cell phone that had been advertised on a social media platform. At the conclusion of the investigation, it was determined that Mr. Barry and Mr. Marquez Hughes lured the victim to that location with the intent to rob the victim. During the course of the robbery, either Mr. Barry or Mr. Hughes shot the victim. The defendants have been indicted for first-degree murder, aggravated robbery, and conspiracy to commit aggravated robbery. Mr. Barry is represented by counsel Mr. Russ Nixon. The state is represented by counsel, Mr. Trevor Lynch. The next scheduled court date is for trial to begin February 13th through the 17th of 2023. Marquez Hughes has subsequently entered pleas, subsequently entered pleas to reduce charges. On June 8th of 2020, deputies with the Ruff County Sheriff's Department responded to a shooting on Summertime Drive. While en route, deputies observed a vehicle matching the suspect vehicle leaving the area. A traffic stop was conducted and deputies took a driver and passenger, Yo Sincere Fomfon, into custody. The deputies observed and recovered an object later identified as a firearm being thrown from the passenger side of the vehicle. At the scene of the shootings, deputies discovered the body of Mr. Thin Nguyen sitting in the driver's seat of his vehicle. Mr. Wynn had a single gunshot wound to the head. Detective Sergeant Ty Downing has been assigned as, lead, assigned as lead investigator. Upon interviewing witnesses, collection of physical evidence, and an execution of a search warrant on electronic devices, 
Yo Sincere Fom Fom was charged with first-degree murder, attempted especially aggravated robbery, tampering with evidence, and employing a weapon during an offense. This matter is currently scheduled for trial to begin on March the 20th of 2023. The defendant is represented by counsel, Mr. Will Fraley. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On July 26th of 2020, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to the residence of Mr. Eric Bixler. Upon arrival, deputies found that Mr. Bixler was deceased as a result of multiple stab wounds. A female companion of Mr. Bixler advised deputies two armed men attacked Mr. Bixler and held her at gunpoint while they searched the premises. The female heard Mr. Bixler being tortured by the assailants. Detective Sergeant Ty Downing has been assigned as lead investigator. Following Detective Downing's investigation, Mr. Christopher White and Mr. Christopher Robinson, both from Kentucky, were charged with first-degree murder especially aggravated kidnapping, especially aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, use of a farm during a dangerous felony, possession of a farm by a felon, and tampering with evidence. After a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court, the cases were bound over to the grand jury. In March of 2021, a true bill was returned against both Mr. White, who is represented by counsel Mr. Paul Bruno, and Mr. Robinson, who is represented by counsels Mr. Rob McKinney and Mr. Brian Lewis. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. And this matter is currently scheduled for trial to begin May 8th of 2023. And this concludes our look inside the courts. We're talking with Betty Atterbury. What do you like most about Adams Place? When I first came here, I did not know anyone in here. But it wasn't too long until we have for the table, and we are very good friends now. I really like my table mates at Adams Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Community Christmas, There's No Place Like Home, is Friday, December 2nd, starting at 5.30 p.m. on our downtown Murfreesboro Square. Brought to you by presenting sponsor, Middle Tennessee Electric. Join your neighbors for this free event, including live performances, Santa himself, activities for children, caroling, and carriage rides. Nightingale Brass will perform after the tree is lit from 7 to 8, while pictures with Santa are in the courthouse. Join us December 2nd as Main Street lights up the holidays downtown. We are the Good Neighbor Station. And powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Visit Middle Tennessee Electric online at mte.com. As we end our program today, we thank our producer, Scott Walker, and we thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we thank former Smyrna detective and current assistant city manager for the town of Smyrna, Tennessee, Todd Spearman. Most of all, we thank you for listening. Our next scheduled broadcast is Friday morning, January the 6th at 8, 10 a.m. on your good neighbor station, WGNS. We leave by saying a safe community is the responsibility of each and every one of us. For my usual co-host, Jennings Jones, and Trevor Lynch. 
This is J. Paul Newman bidding all of you a safe and blessed day. The District Attorney's Office thanks you for listening to today's program. If you have any information regarding criminal activity in our community, please contact one of our law enforcement agencies. The information presented on today's show is solely for informational benefit and not intended to be legal advice. You should always consult an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Rutherford County's most trusted name in news. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro.